Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the Gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on this week's episode, I sit down with the pastors to talk through the inclination to preach to one person or group in a room. Also, we discuss the first week in our series called Deeper. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Well, welcome back to Armchair Preaching. This is episode number 31. And Kenny and John, welcome back. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Good to be here. Yeah, new series starting uh, this past yeah. week. Um, exciting series as we head towards uh, Easter and Palm Sunday. So it's kind of our March series um, called Deeper. We're going to get into that in just a moment. But I want to talk about something that we alluded to in, a, in our conversation last week. And I made a mention about, you know, thinking about there were a couple people in the room that I knew would, would have questions about a specific aspect of a sermon. And so I put uh, an element in the sermon because I knew those people would be in the room. And so, you know, got us thinking, got me thinking about how do you do that? I mean, what, what have you done that? I'm sure you have, but talk about a time when you've done that or and and what kind of decisions you make with preaching um, as you think about specific people that are in the room and how that affects you? Kenny, I'll have you kick it off. I definitely have done that. I've I've allowed the um, what I anticipated to either be questions or concerns, either positive or negative, of a particular person or maybe a smaller group of people to uh, influence a sermon. Um, but I've tended to look back with regret on that. Oh, really? Uh, hmm. Because I, I think that uh, what partly depends on the size. So when I was a church planter and there was, you know, fifty people in the room, a little easier to. And I knew six or eight of them felt a certain way. Yeah. I, I probably don't regret that because I felt like that was a proportionate size of the of the congregation that it made sense to be sensitive to that. But the larger you get. I think the the challenge um, is if you if you allow that to a person's let's just say for example you know somebody has a particular critique of something in the way that you preach or a particular agenda that they really want to push and that every time a preacher preaches they want that they want you to make sure you mention that yeah. or bring mm-hmm. out that particular aspect of a scripture hypothetically speaking of course that, yeah 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 then i think to the degree that you shape your sermon around that that means that there's likely let's just say there's 300 people there's 299 other people who that didn't matter to them and yet you devoted five minutes of your sermon to yeah. that to appease that one person. Um, so I, I, I tend to try to resist that unless I think that person who I know personally, I think is representative of a larger group. In yeah. the then I think, okay, well, that one person gives me a window into what a lot of other people maybe are experiencing yeah. or yeah. would like to be encouraged by or, or need more information on. Yeah. In that sense, I think it can be helpful. Yeah. So it's probably a two-edged sword. Yeah, I think you don't want to let. Um, I mean, there's been times when you uh, you know I'll take all four boys, my kids aside, and tell all four of them a new rule in the house. Yeah, but they all know it's because one of them broke the rule, <laughs> and they all the other three are kind of like, yeah, we kind of know what's going on here. And I think you run that same risk if you if you yeah. preach to something. Yeah, but it's not really relevant to everybody. I think people wonder why you did that. So yeah. I think there's a, a, a balance there. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, John? 
Well, I, I, you're, I was thinking about this a little different way. I was thinking about uh, people that we encounter through the week and who are going through certain things, and, and we might have had a profound you know, experience, a traumatic, walking with them through a traumatic experience. And, yeah. and I, I feel that influences what, mm-hmm. I, what I'm inclined to say in a, in a service. And I have to check that constantly saying, all right, you know, that, that, that was that one family or that one person who experienced that. That wasn't everybody's experience. We can all relate to it. And, and so that doesn't necessarily mean because you're feeling something that I've just walked through with this person or this family. Therefore, everyone else needs to hear about it. Yeah, know, th- mm-hmm. this week. So I, I do find myself checking, checking mm-hmm. that. And but it's this constant. We've talked about this before. This constant conversation you're having in your mind, and you're praying over this. Like, you know, is this what I? Does this have appeal beyond yeah. that one family? Same thing you were just mm-hmm. saying, uh, Kenny. So I do think about that. I also think about uh, anything that is is um, d- d- divisive. Yeah, uh, when there's something that you're going to say that is that you know there's going to be some people on, on both sides yeah. sitting in the room with you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm aware of personalities at that point. I think through personalities at that point, and I find that to be helpful. It's sort of the um, you know one of my preaching uh, professors was talking about wrote a book about exegeting your congregation. Yeah, it's really being a student of of your culture, being a student of your community, and being a student of your your congregation. So you know where your congregation is, which means you know where individuals are. And again, I, I, I just find it helpful to, because to, especially it's it's becoming better for me six months in. Yeah. Early on, I'm like, I don't know anybody don't here. Anybody. Yeah. And I'm like, I, don't, I can't exegete my congregation. I, I don't yeah. know my congregation. So the more people I know, the more I realize, okay, that person is like ultra conservative on this one, and this one's you know, more progressive on, on this one. Um, or as overall, we are this this uh, this this um, political, theological, whatever it is, and that that just fi- I filter th- what I'm going to say if yeah. I'm going to say anything is controversial through uh, through that with with the text of the day, and if it's a prophetic calling coming out of that text, yeah, I'm like, you know, Lord, all right. You got to dive into it. I'm going. Yeah, you got to go. go. Yeah, and how you set it up and how you present those things affect. And to be fair, you know, yeah. and I want to. Yeah. I want to be. I want to be fair to the. To I want to be. I want to be faithful. Yeah. I also want to be fair to the text. I want to recognize that you know some people, some people may not agree with this. I do this in teaching as, as well. Yeah. Some people won't won't don't see it this way, but I do. Yeah. And here's why I think this is faithful to what the word is saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we we've talked it on. Uh, other episodes of the podcast about the difference between just general public speaking speaking and preaching. And one of the advantages that we have in, in the preaching ministry over just a, you know, someone who is a, you know, on a speaking circuit is that we know our audiences, uh, we, we, we grow to know our audiences more and more over time. We know the general tenor of the audience over time. And that's what, that's one of the advantages. One of the disadvantages is we know that our audience over time, (laughs) you know, we kind of know what their foibles are. We know what their strengths are. And, and, and so sometimes we tend to, I think myself included, tend to shy away from talking about the things that are, that I think, oh, no, we got that, you know, even though you can't rest on your laurels or whatever. But I, I think for me, there's, there is always this temptation to, to think through, um, an individual person. And I, I find that the, the part that I have to check a lot of times is in the moment, right? Is in the pre, not in the preparation. Very rarely. I, you know, you're looking around the room yeah, and you're seeing individuals in yeah, the room. Yeah. It, very rarely when I'm preparing a message, do I have anyone 
in mind other than you know the the people that that God is talking about in the text. Um, and, and just to jump in there, Kenny, do you do you do the same? Because I do the same thing. Yeah. I, I have a generalized person in my mind, yeah, but not a particular person yeah. in my mind as I'm preparing. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely, and it changes, like you said, when you get in the room and you begin to see the faces, yeah, and you know the stories and. Um, good and bad or the struggles yeah. or the particular things in it, then it, then you're right. Then, then mm. that's where the temptation is. Do you shape this to yeah. respond to what you think that person might be experiencing? What you, what you were saying you did a, a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. Couple weeks ago. ago. And, and in that case, it wasn't, it, there was nothing like controversial about it. I, I just kind of, I put a little bit more detail um, in the, in the backstory than I probably would have had I not thought about that person. Now, in that case, I know that that person's uh, or those pe- that person kind of represents a, a, a small but vocal group of people that would be asking questions afterwards. And so it was kind of to dissuade that kind of temptation necessarily in their part. But, you know, when I'm in a preparation mode, I'm thinking more of a generally – and then I do, I, I, and I've said this to a lot of people, I preach to myself as much as anything else, this, because I, I, I'm, I'm definitely an imperfect person, I'm, I'm definitely got sin struggles, and I've got uh, strengths, and so I'm, I'm, I, I tend to think, um, maybe, maybe I'm not in the, the, the middle of the congregation, but I'm not far off of that in terms of where internally I, I'm struggling or... or succeeding and so that's kind of what happens but it's in the moment where I start to look around and go oh well they're here <laughs> you know uh-huh. that person's here and and the other part for me that that is it, it's the interactions I've had in the week with people positively and negatively if I've had a pos- if I've had a negative interaction with someone in the week it's ha- that's much harder for me not to shape my sermon around that negative interaction or if I've had an overly positive interaction it's hard not to shape that 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 into the sermon a little bit, so I have to it, but, but check you, and balance that. Are you that. describing a, the potential of a bully bully pulpit? The, there there like, is. I'm going to finish this conversation. I'm going to finish sermons. it here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the last word. No, it is. I don't. I think. I think. I think a lot of yeah, people have there, that temptation sure. to say, "Well, I'm going to prove it to you that I'm right here. I know you're here. I'm going to prove that I'm right here. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to prove it in a way you can't respond." <laughs> Well, and you get because and I think part of it negative. is you, you begin to wonder. I mean, your your insecurities uh, begin to set in where you say, "Well, let's just say one person came up and critiqued something or had uh, you know something they disagreed with us about," and then you begin to say, "Well, I wonder how many other people feel that way yeah. or don't understand, misunderstand why I think that way or why yeah. I would interpret the Bible that way." So then you think, "Well, this is my opportunity to be real clear about why." And not even necessarily in a, it could be a bully pulpit kind of thing. I'm going to win. I'm going to have the last word. But it could also be that you've let that one person create an insecurity in you to have to explain something or answer questions that nobody else is even asking. Yeah. And that's where I felt like I've, I've regretted sometimes when yeah. I've done that because I've thought, I was the only one who cared about that. And everyone yeah. else was kind of like, I wonder why he did that. Like, yeah. What did that have to do with anything? But I think we, we do have to, when we take, when we have critiques, critique I think is a good word because there have been times where you've had not ne- necessarily a negative interaction with somebody, but a critique, and then you have to ask the question: Is this a legitimate critique um, that that is based on one person's opinion, or is it representative of other per- people? And is it based on something that I actually feel, or a misunderstanding of how I meant to present it? Because Kenny, you and I have talked about mm-hmm. there have been times when when one of us is. is has preached a sermon and we come come off the the the, the pulpit and we'll 
we'll be uh, we've done like Monday morning kind of armchair quarterbacking, so to speak, about it. And we've said, man, I just I felt like I didn't communicate that as well as I thought I was going to. And there there have been times where someone has given me a critique, and I've realized mm, there's something in my general preaching that's not being that's not communicated as well as I want it to. And in that case, I kind of will say, okay, I need to clarify something here. You know, I need to kind of back up and clarify something about either where the series is going or about my overall kind of preaching style so or whatever. That conversation, that conversation affects the, the next sermon. Yeah, and it should, and because it sounds like you're saying that was just a thoughtful way of, of humbly saying, you know what, I think they actually have a good critique. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to I'm going to need to shift things slightly to yeah. be better or more effective or clearer about that particular topic next week. Yeah. Yeah, or about the purpose of why because I've been critiqued about uh uses of illustrations before. Me personally, I've been critiqued about that stuff. And I've had to back up and say, "Look, here's why I do this the way I do this." Mm. You know, I, I take 30 seconds and say, "I do this cuz this is the way I see Jesus doing it." He's taking common um understandable um to the first century Palestinian culture and he's pre- he's speaking into a narrative style and before he's doing the lessons. I'm trying to bring the same kind of clarity um with stuff that's common to us in the 21st century in central Florida, which is vastly different than first century Israel um, under Roman rule. So that, that kind of thing where there's been a clarification and sometimes an adjustment in how you, you make, mm-hmm. make, 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 Let me ask you guys something. When, when you were up there, when you're uh, behind the pulpit and you're looking out over the room, mm-hmm. what are you, what is it that you are seeing with your eyes, what what is what is it that you are looking at mm. when you look at look at the room? Because different people see different things when yeah. they look over a room. What do yeah, you? Yeah, I see? think for for me, uh, practically, I see less than most because my eyesight's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it is funny to me. Like, do you think that's an advantage or disadvantage? Yeah, I don't know because it, it is true that I can't see somebody who's dozed off or who looks mad at me um, or who looks just disinterested. But I also but can can't you just see... for clarity's sake, though. What can you physically? I mean, I didn't. Yeah, I'm literally, I'm literally past the first or second row. I cannot see detail of facial expressions. I couldn't pick. Like this past week, for example, I did a, I did a illustration where I asked somebody from from the congregation to come up for that object lesson. I didn't pick somebody ahead of time, so I just said, "Hey, I'm going to need a volunteer." Well, Jonathan Link was maybe five rows back. And it was a little bit dim, darkly lit in there, and so that 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 you know didn't help. But I honestly did not even know who was coming up until he got up to the first oh. row and was within fifteen feet wow. of him. Wow! So that's, that's some... so that so once again, I don't know if it's an advantage or a disadvantage. It maybe is a little bit of both sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But when I can see people, I I mean I am looking for some sense that, that they're they're clicking, they're leaning forward, they're interested in what I'm saying, or that they're, they're it's making sense. And if I don't see that, if I see disinterest or the distraction, that plays with you. You, yeah. you got to try to keep yeah. that out. So yeah. that, when you were first asked the question, Zach, I was thinking about that type of moment. Like you're in the moment and you're looking at one person. And somebody's kind and of... You, you're yeah. looking at the reaction of that one person, facial expression. Now, I look for the same thing. I look for the nodding heads and I look for the smiles and or or, or the just serious faces yeah. just, and just try to read mm-hmm. what's going on in the room. And I don't see the I don't see a room full of people. I see individuals. That's interesting. Yeah. Along That's the way. really interesting. Because see, for me, it's the opposite. Normally, it's the opposite. And when I get caught off track, is when I see the one person. So nine times out 
times out of 10, and I've told somebody this before, someone was asking me this very question. They were asking me, what do you see? And I said, well, really, I just look at the tops of people's heads. I mean, I'm not really looking at any one person. My my father-in-law was a pastor, and um, he would talk about, and he was Presbyterian, but he had a little bit of a charismatic Assemblies of God, something in him, because he would talk about the dance of the Holy Spirit. And he would say, I can see the Holy Spirit. There, the times when I really know that 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 I'm exactly right it's it's at the sweet spot is right there is when I can see the dance of the Holy Spirit on the congregation and and I and I knew what he was talking about that that there's this kind of this vibration it, it, there's nothing you can actually physically see there yeah. but but you yeah. feel the sense of the whole Something's room happening in the room right that, now that that in one sense or another the word of God is being is gone out and is not returning void. And it may be 300 different sermons that are being heard, because we've talked about this. The sermon that we preach is not always the to- the sermon that's, that's heard. Right. But it doesn't matter, because that's that's not the point. The point is that we're the vessel for, for God to work. And one of the things I love about the way we organize Vine is, is we've organized Vine in such a way that the the assistant is praying right before the, the, the message. And so we pray for the preacher that's coming up. And that's been a real humbling experience since we started doing that, because it reminds me when I'm getting up to preach um, that I am really just, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm a conduit, period, and that's it, nothing else. And it reminds the congregation the same thing. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. So that's when I, there are times when I see people. Um, not to say that I don't see people. I see, uh, I see people. I see people. You didn't see me crying last week. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah, but see it, you crying. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it's, disregarded me. But it's uh, it's it's just this this overall general sense of the room, and and that's I I will say I do see empty space. You know, when there's an empty space, I don't like that. That's hard. Uh, that that's difficult. You yeah. know, like this past. Oh Sunday, my gosh, dude. We had we had a b- bunch of organizational stuff happening, the time change and stuff, and so we had one. The room was full in all quarters in Vine, except for this one spot. It was a giant hole right up right up front, left. right up front, and it was so it was interesting. On how that, camera? It, yeah, no, no, we actually didn't do it on. They didn't gonna... zoom that. Actually, okay. they were they were wise enough to do that. But anyway, so that was it. That I think. I think it's interesting to to hear you guys talk about your different approaches to when you start to think about those individuals because we're human beings we're spe- we're we're preaching to human beings um but we're at a at an elevated way we're we're being the the instrument of God in that moment but we have to work through all that too and speaking of kind of working through stuff that's what kind of this whole series is about that we're going into called deeper it's about deepening relationship to Jesus Christ as we head towards uh, Holy Week, Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter. So wanna, this week we talked about silence and solitude. And just real quick thumbnail sketch, Kenny, where were you hoping to go when, when you jumped into to this idea of silence and solitude? I went with more of an angle of silence and solitude as, a, as, as just the basic practice of pulling away from the distractions of life to be, to have some time with God and and with our, and by ourselves, uh, because a different track would be to see that there actually are some, some spiritual practices related to quiet Mm -hmm. and, um, and that sort of thing. So, but, but I tend, I, I was just mainly trying to say silence and solitude is just a deliberate choice to to be alone with God and with yourself yeah and uh, and so I, I was content to just have that just be there mm-hmm. and, and then and then thinking that the next few weeks we'd build into 
what do yeah. you do with some of that quiet time or some of that silence and solitude? Yeah. So, um, so that was my big idea that I was trying to. So my big takeaway was that if 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 people walked away more committed to carving out some time during a typical week to be with God, yeah, I'm good with that. To yeah. me, that was the win, yeah. uh, the spiritual win. And what they did with that, I assumed would be very different based on people's what they know about spiritual practices and yeah. prayer and that sort of thing. I like but, you say, you be you. That's it. Yeah. One of your lines that you be you. You, you do be. you do this how you were going to do this, but you know, mm-hmm. but but carve it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. John, what about your approach? Very similar. To, I mean, yeah. my, my hope was to, was that at the end of the day, that this would there would be some value in the minds and the hearts mm-hmm. of, of all those who are listening, and that they would say, you know, that would be that would be something that I can uh, create space for. Yeah. And if I create space for it, there will be gain. Yeah. There will be spiritual gain for 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 creating that space. So it was the mm-hmm. same kind of this. this uh, the hope was that there would be a desire for solitude and silence. Yeah, and you both talked about um, the fact that it has to be an intentional choice. You both made that really clear in your messages in different ways. And, and, and you talked about the, uh, the, the, the problems with making that choice. You did a, an, an illustrative job with, uh, with, with people who haven't seen it, go online and watch. It's one of those sermons you have to watch it to kind of understand it, but with the, with the, the glass tubes and the sand the and the, the rocks. And, uh, and John, you talked about just your experience waiting for the eye doctor and, and kind of you realize there are very few times when you're not mm-hmm. – in a, in, you, when you're not in a moment where there's activity happening, talk to me about you guys, you, you personally, your struggle with silence and solitude. Um, has there is there a struggle with that? Is there a time? Are there moments when you desire it, but you kind of talk yourself out of it, uh, or, or times where you desire it and you break through it, but you realize that that was a difficult kind of thing to do. John, talk to me. Yeah. You, you, you gave some personal illustrations no, no, in, this, in the sermon itself. This. Kenny, you're good with it too, right? This yeah, is, right. You guys are good. Not a struggle for us. Not a struggle. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, 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 it's that. It's that pace of life, and, 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 and it, it does remind me, and I don't want to tip my hand because we're going somewhere fun this, this weekend yeah. as well, but some of the things that came up with this weekend's top topic are similar to... to to the, the, the yeah. solitude and silence, and that is, um, I don't have anyone to blame. Yeah. If it's not happening in my life, which there are plenty of times when, when you know, I've just gone through the day. I mean, yesterday was a great example. It's like feet hit the ground. We didn't. I didn't stop moving until ten o'clock last night. Yeah. Wow. Literally nonstop the entire the entire time. Well, I actually had more control of that than mm-hmm. I yeah. had more control of that. Yeah, you know, like like a friend of mine asked me, "Well, whose fault is that?" Yeah, you know, I had more control of that than than I'd like to admit. Yeah, and so yeah, that is a it, it is a the, the struggle is really just making sure that I understand that I, I there's some things I need just need to be present for, but I have a lot of choices I can make throughout the day where I can stop and pull back. Yeah, and yeah. when I don't. I need to ask myself the questions. Okay, whose fault is that? Yeah. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? Yeah, yeah. What and about I, you? Ken? And I already have the answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's Kenny's fault, right? Yeah, it's that's right. <laughs> so no, that's the default answer. That's the default. Kenny, what about you? Uh, for me, I have no problem. I, I always would rather be by myself. Yeah, as an introvert, um, that's where I kind of get my spiritual energy. So um, I think that for me, the challenge is making sure that. I think of it and remember it as a spiritual practice. Yeah. So I could, I, I mean, I could have all my day off. 
I could be alone all day. I could mow the yard. I could go fishing. I could, and that is what I tend to do. I like to do things on my day off by myself, or I may have some time with Jenny during the day. But um, so my thing will be: I had four or five hours by myself. Why didn't I? Why didn't I make some of that spiritual space? Why didn't I yeah. take some of that to be alone with God? Yeah. So that'd be my. That'd be where I get yeah. real challenged. Is I, I usually don't have a problem. Because my internal, my you know who I am yeah. wants to be quiet and wants yeah. to be alone, uh, but not necessarily for spiritual reasons all the time. And yeah. so I think that's for me that the last six months has been channeling some of that desire to be by myself or whatever to also be alone and and and, by, and with God. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that was something John you brought up in your message. It's not just about being alone, right? It's yeah, about being good. alone with God. The difference between right. loneliness and solitude. You, yeah. you and I think about I, when I think about that. I think about, uh, and I had several people uh, thank me for saying that part about yeah. I live alone and yeah. and I'm by myself a lot. Yeah. And this is a different. This is this not is just being thing. alone. This is, not, this is not about yeah. being alone. It's yeah. about being alone and being intentional in your relationship with, with, with God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because uh, it is true. I mean, it's, I feel the same way. I can be alone, and I enjoy you know time to yeah. to do whatever on, on my own, but. That's very different than yeah. just shutting all the dingy, poppy things that mm-hmm. you have all around you off, and all you're doing is is concentrating and and you know talking to yeah. to God. Mm-hmm. Well, and and Kenny, you you brought up in your message, kind of related to that, that you you had kind of life happen to you. Your your truck lost its radio for a while, mm-hmm. but and you said, yeah, you know what, like I'm going to make that. This is quiet space, but it doesn't have to be wasted quiet right mm-hmm. it can be time yeah you're still driving and it, you know but it, it can it can you can change those things that seem like annoyances and problems and take them as maybe god saying to you mm-hmm. hey you got some built-in time mm-hmm. right and it was funny because you said that and i started thinking to myself man I, I have a longer commute than either of you guys you guys both live like within a mile of the church and i live not within a mile of the church. I live 30 minutes from here. But I but I actually have I I took I have my radio works perfectly and I can listen to podcast after podcast and I sermon break after it for sermon. You. Yeah. No, don't do that. <laughs> and 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 I love music and I'll listen to that, but there are times where I I feel so I will feel spiritually dry and I my my reaction when I get in, in the car is just to nope, not turn anything on. And not because I've made that necessarily that intentional choice, but I'll be halfway home and realize that I've just been quiet and just kind of mm-hmm. praying through the events of the day and praying through what God is doing in the day. And it's, and it's, I, I am the kind of person that enjoys my quiet time, but I have to be intentional about making that spiritually directed quiet time and not yeah. just busy mm-hmm. quiet time. Yeah. yeah I, th- so. I think that that kind of, I mean, this kind of discussion, this is the, we all have to work out the practical yeah. matters yeah. of when do we have solitude and silence where it's intentional time with God. We all have to work that out. And I think about, like for me, you know, we, we knew, I knew that on Sunday we had communion at the 1030 service. Yeah. So this sermon needed to be a little truncated, sized accordingly for the, yeah. there, there being a, a, a sermon at the, with a long communion time afterwards. Uh, so this is an, this was a cutting room floor issue for yeah. me. And I, I love listening to, uh, you didn't feel you had that pressure uh, for the vine. <laughs> no, I did not. You know, that, <laughs> I think I went like thirty five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, I was a luxury that I would love to have, uh, to have been able to go with, go through back through and say, yeah. know, let's talk about some things how to, how to do this. How to you know? do that? What are the practical things to to think about? Here, yeah, so. yeah. Because yeah. and it is, but I think the number one kind of application point, and I think it's going to be 
a consistent application point throughout this entire series is it's never going to be the natural. Your life just is going to open up where you have this time. Mm-hmm. You got to make a decision yeah. to say, I value time with my Father. I value time with my Savior. I value time in the presence of the Holy Spirit so much that I'm gonna I'm gonna carve out some some time and not just carve it out. As Kenny's illustration point out, you don't just carve it out. You got to put that in first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to put that in first. It's 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 tithing of your time. It reminds me of the um, the the rule of rule of life of the yeah. Benedictine yeah. monks that would say that you you know in, in you have to look at the totality of your your life mm-hmm. and your spiritual life and say, what will be the things that will deepen my relationship? You were talking about that in your sermon, mm-hmm. deepen my relationship with Jesus. This is about the practices of Jesus that mm-hmm. I'm going to bring into my life. You're not going to do everything. Yeah. everything. You're not going to do everything that's out there. Otherwise, you're, even your big rocks will fill, overfill the, mm-hmm. fill, yeah. fill the jar. So you have to make, make some decisions about that. Yeah, and I think this is a, this, th- that fits. We probably ought to say more about that in the weeks ahead. Just to, yeah, to put that put it all together in a whole life's worth of practices throughout your days. You know the rhythms of your days, your weeks, your months, and, and years, and and the ultimate lifetime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it was it's interesting because I, I had a friend um, in my last church and uh, really dear guy. He was a an elder at the church and. Uh, he made it one of his it, it might have been his central spiritual practice was what he called a tithe of time so he said i have 168 hours in the week 16.8 of those hours go directly to not not tangentially not peripherally but centrally to to the lord and some of that he parsed out for personal devotion some of that he parsed out for for work in the church some of you parsed out to, with spiritually um, mentoring his family. I mean, he he had it. He was very. You can tell he's a very organized kind of person. But that's how he had to deal with it. That was who he. You do you. Yeah. He's as you said, Kenny. You know, that's how he thought about. It. He's like God calls me to tithe my resources. My resources include my time, mm. and the most precious resource I have is my time. Mm. And, and he he acknowledged all of his time was the Lord's. But that 16.8 hours was intentional, central, mm-hmm. spiritual practice. And he said what he found was that the whole rest of the 168 hours permeated with his, with his, with his walk with the Lord mm-hmm. because he had taken that 16.8 hours and he made intentional choices about how that was going to be spent directly related to his, his, mm-hmm. his, his relationship with God. And I still to this day that, I mean, that is such a challenge for me, and I love that. You yeah. think uh, you think Zach was like, the, the, he, did he do that on purpose there? He's going to wrap this up with a talk about your spiritual discipline of time, yeah. knowing go. what's yeah. coming up. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. that that's right. You know, that's yeah. this week yeah. we are talking about continuing this conversation, but more specifically about time, because this week we're talking about Sabbath. And uh, Sabbath is a concept that is very, very central to our faith, but very foreign to our current cultural climate, right. mm-hmm. and so it's going to be a, a challenge. And 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 one of the things that I think is going to be talked about this week, at least in my my message a little bit, but I think you both touched on in your message about science and solitude is culturally you did not just talk about the distraction or the noise, the the audible noise of of silence, but you also talked about the visual noise and the informational noise and picking up your cell phones and picking up your tablets and we are in a noisy environment you got to quiet that down and, and carving out time with Sabbath which we're going to talk about this week is going to be real important so make sure you come this Sunday I'll be in uh, Vine service I'll be in Classic 
John will be in Classic. And uh, if you've missed any one of our sermons, make sure you get online and you check us out on our website, fpclakeland.org, or on our YouTube page. Just search for FPC Lakeland. You can get caught up. Or if you've missed any one of our Armchair Preaching podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, so you'll be notified when a new episode drops. And you can also hear backed episodes, um, riveting riveting podcast material and uh so it's going to be fun uh this is going to be a good series and i appreciate you guys for hanging out see you next week see you guys next week